<laughs> dive in. <laughs> I like how you dive in. <laughs> dive right in. I'm more like, Matt, let me think about this. I'm going to take some notes. I'm going to read some books. Exactly. Come like, back. For a long period. Like. Read some books. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Michael. What's up, Matt? How's uh, it going? Good. Yeah? We're back. We are back. I know. We kind of took a little bit of a break, so. I know. We did. It it felt too long. It did feel too long. I feel, feel rusty. <laughs> exactly. Same time. Yeah. So, uh, man. Are, a, yeah. Do we, do we recap the last episode? That's a, that's a tough one, man. I, I think, I mean, you and I have talked about it. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like we, we're just sort of still like, wow, okay. It was a lot. What do we do with that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Natalie was amazing and uh, you guys were so open and uh, honest and all the confusion and all the certainty and right. all over the place, which was awesome. The one thing I will say is that if you're going to break up with someone and you want to podcast it... <laughs> But also want to just be quiet and sad about your breakup. Those yeah. things don't go very well together because yeah. uh -uh. people were like texting me and I was not prepared for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> the next couple of days afterward, I was like just very inward to myself and didn't yeah. really want to interact with people and uh -huh. trying not to think too much about it. And then I'm getting texts about it. Uh -huh. and I'm like, it just, ugh, I just... No. <laughs> I mean, could you be, imagine actually being famous, you know? You, if Gosh. you're going through a hard time and the National Enquirer is like, Michael Vaclov is going through a difficult time right now. <laughs> you're like, yeah. stop. Yeah, and I'm talking about people texting me, like two people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the tabloids, like you can't even get groceries without being reminded about your breakup. Oh, no, that'd be yeah, horrible. That would be, a, that would be brutal. Mm -hmm. um, I am... I, I struggled with it about whether or not I was glad we did it right mm -hmm. afterward. I felt really good. Yeah. The next week I started to regret it mm -hmm. and then I started to feel good about it again. Oh, really? okay. um, What'd you regret about it? Man, I think just airing that laundry yeah. uh -huh. just at first it, it didn't until a couple of days afterwards, I guess when people started listening to it, that's when I started to feel very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way when we did it. Yeah. Necessarily. I mean, it did, but yeah. not that like deep exposed vulnerability of knowing that these people are listening to this thing that I'm going through. Yeah. Um, but I am after some time has passed. I'm really glad we did it. Well, I like that about you. You kind of like dive in and afterwards like, huh, what is, should I have done that? <laughs> Was it too deep? <laughs> Was it too deep? Did I, did I let everyone see my underwear? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, afterward, what was the next day we talked and you said something to me that I thought was funny. You said, have you always been this way? Oh yeah. I was uh -huh. like, what do you mean? <laughs> you said like, you just go fully through something. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I think it's and amazing. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really receive it as a compliment. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> How'd you receive it? I don't know. I, I was like, yeah, so maybe something's wrong with me. Is it <laughs> like too much? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. One thing that somebody said to me that I thought was really neat, and maybe you can help me understand why, mm -hmm. uh, someone said to me, it was like, they said, you know, I've, I've kind of had similar conversations with exes and mm -hmm. breakups and stuff. Um, but listening to the podcast was almost like hearing my own thought processes through someone else's voice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, like spoken out loud in somebody else's voice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that was really cool and made me feel like, that's kind of why I wanted to do this. Part of the reason I wanted to do the podcast in the first place and have these yeah. conversations, these sort of off the cuff things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think I feel like there's value there yeah. and, I, and I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to find out though. Yeah. <laughs> we are finding out. We are finding out. <laughs> well, um, cool. Yeah. So let's move forward. That sounds good. Okay. That sounds good. I'm really excited about today because we have uh, Nicole McCarran on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of got her hands in a little bit of everything with that has to do with women and birth and life coaching and, uh, many, many things. So I'm gonna have her correct me on all the things I didn't get right. So <laughs> yeah, I was reading her bio on her website uh-huh. and I was like, I, there's too much here. I don't know how we can get to all of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think there's some things I'd love to hear about like the, you know, the life coaching and, you know, she had gone through some life coaching and inspired her to life co- be a, become a life coach, um, you know, and then working with women and, and birthing and doula. And, mm-hmm. uh, my wife, Allison works with her, uh, Nicole started a, a group called uh, mama bloom, uh, postpartum group. And, uh, I just hear so many great stories from Allison from it. So I'd love to hear, you know, Nicole's uh, insight into some of the things she's experienced with that. Um, and also there's a new thing, somatic, I'm going to get this completely wrong, but somatic, uh, something or another, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Do you in any way feel unqualified to interview her about these things? Not at all. Cause I'm dumb. So, <laughs> so I can just be myself. That's just your baseline. <laughs> That's my baseline. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I thought it was interesting as I was imagining doing this interview thinking, mm-hmm. We're interviewing a woman mm-hmm. about birth mm-hmm. and birth-related and specific experiences. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Which we both have kids and we've uh-huh. experienced some of that. But yeah. birth is just this interesting thing to me because there's like so much of what it is you and I will never experience. Oh, yeah, totally. And that feels strange to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like the hormones and the... And the actually carrying a live being in your belly, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that's the trip. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I get to like put my hand on the belly and go, Ooh, I felt a kick, <laughs> you know? And, and there's like the whole thing of like, when, like after the baby's born, like the shifts of hormones and like, you know, possible pro- postpartum depression and right. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many things going there. I don't even understand. And yeah, things that really we, well. we will never experience and we'll never mm-hmm. fully understand because of it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah, totally. Me too. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. I'll see you in a bit. This is Shores of Ignorance. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Shores of Ignorance. <laughs> Welcome. We're not great at promoting ourselves. <laughs> no, we're not. But we're on Instagram. <laughs> That's and right. And pretty much all the podcast things like iTunes, Spotify. I think we're on Spotify now since the last episode. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's new. Well, I just need to change the, the title of it. It was under something else. <laughs> oh, we were on, but it was under yeah. something else. Well, we're on Spotify now, uh-huh. Shores of Ignorance and yeah. Apple Music and SoundCloud. Oh, and please comment. Uh, we'd love to hear your comments, questions, things that you'd love for us to address. Uh, um, yeah, your thoughts. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing this, some of what we're doing for. We'd love to have feedback from you guys. So uh, go back and comment on some of the other ones and we'd love to hear it from you. So. Yeah, definitely. And you can do that on SoundCloud, mm-hmm, SoundCloud. or our Instagram. Cause mm-hmm. we usually put a oh, post yeah. for each episode. Mm-hmm. So either one of those places is a great place to comment. Exactly. Some people have been making like leaving reviews on Apple. Yeah. The iTunes, that's yeah, the there, yeah. Which is cool, but mm-hmm. you can't really engage a conversation there. No. Uh-uh. So yeah, please comment. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That we plugged. That was okay. good. Yep. <laughs> All right. Just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the is a dream that yet to be real. Passing note of the songs, the glimmer, glimmer of the ship being seen. I think you saw it, saw it. Yeah, I've had to learn that too.
because I'm a hand talker also. Oh, yeah, I'm starting to. Yeah. All right, I gotta make sure my area is clear. That's smart. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> Nicole, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, and uh, I'm glad we could make this happen. So this is really cool. Yeah. Well, I think it'd probably be helpful for us because you're into so many things uh, uh-huh. that you would maybe give us a little rundown of kind of your, your background, okay. your history, and then we might dive into a few things. That sounds cool. good. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. So I, let's see where to begin. Um, I have a background in social work um, from the from UT and um, worked in foster care for a while. And through that, I just always had this pull to moms, like to teen moms initially, And, um, there was just always this fascination with moms as I've kind of thought through it over the years. Um, I've realized that a lot of it is about the impact that moms have on the generations, like kind of Mm. this generational impact. So all that to say started working with teen moms, um, at a nonprofit here in Austin and um, generational impact, like meaning that the way that they parent determines how that person grows up and engages in society. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of, yeah, the longevity of the impact of moms, obviously fathers and families and partner, you know, like all of that, but there, there's this real pull to that. And so I worked with teen moms for a while at a nonprofit and through that experience began to see a lot of moms birthing alone, like young moms, like 14 year olds, 12 year olds, 16 year olds. And, um, how do they do it? Alone? I mean, they just showed up at the hospital. Or? Well, let me say either alone or um, like with a with a partner who's maybe not super supportive, okay. you know, or who just doesn't know. I mean, they're mm-hmm. sixteen too, and they're sitting there and they're watching TV, and the mom's you know kind of writhing in bed. And um, I just I had a like one very specific incident where I was super impacted by that hmm. and really struck by just witnessing this mom birthing alone, which ended up drawing me into the doula world. Mm -hmm. So like into the birth world and into doula doulaing and wanting to see women not birth alone, basically. Is that how you say it? Doulaing? Well, I think I just said that. I guess some people (laughs) say it. (laughs) What is the past? What is it? A past participle? The past, past its verb? I like dueling. 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 (laughs) Did you... Did you encounter women, young women, giving birth literally alone? Like, no family, no yeah. partner? Not initially as a social worker, but as I once I became a doula and I started working with giving Austin, giving Austin labor support at that time, um, there were many women that I would go support that were completely alone. And, and I still work with that nonprofit, actually, and we still see many women alone for various reasons. So Michael and I were talking before you got here and he mentioned that and that blew my mind. I never considered, I mean, surely that happens. But when I first received that information, I was just floored. Yeah, it really is. It's really shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And again, a lot of women maybe have some support, but even the quality of the support can be, you know, questionable or, Um, but yeah, it's definitely happening here in our community and we see it pretty regularly through gals and that's like part of the work that we do with them. And yeah. Did you already say what gals was? So gals, I think I did. It's giving Austin, giving Austin labor support and it's free labor support for any mom who needs it basically. 
Is, That's really cool. Is that essentially uh, a doula service? Essentially. Not okay. everybody is technically a certified doula. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't always call it that, mm-hmm. but basically, yeah. Can you um, describe or explain what a doula is? Yeah. So a doula is um, normally a woman that is providing um, support to another laboring person. And normally it's not medical. So it's not like a midwife or a doctor. So a lot more informational, physical support, emotional support, holding space for them, um, that kind of thing. So there's kind of different levels of support, but non-medical. So not doing any medical exams or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but really supporting women in that laboring space. Um, And it can look really different. Like with gals, we have a lot of different variations, but in general, there's, you know, normally meetups before the birth and then attendance of the birth and then postpartum visits and things like that. Um, so really a supportive person. How does somebody get like, how does some, how does somebody get into that program or make, or become available or, or something like that? Like to get a doula through gals yeah. or to become a doula? Yeah. How do they, how does someone who's going to, or who's going to need to get a doula, like how do they access that? Yeah. I mean, we have like a hotline that's available. Like you could literally call at any point and be like, oh. Hey, send me someone. I'm by myself and hmm. okay. I need someone. And that's what we get. We get, we get nurses hmm. who will call and say, Hey, this mom just came in. She's completely alone. Can you come help her. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, So that's, that's that's one facet of it. There's also a prenatal program where they, where we match people and that Mm. looks a lot more like standard doula care where they do two prenatal visits and they do the birth and then they do a postpartum. Um, so we have kind of a three pronged approach because we also, the third prong basically is we work in, um, the Travis County Sheriff's office and we do, groups there and we attend their births mm-hmm. um when if, if a mom were to go into labor and be in jail there so oh, wow. yeah so is there like doulas on call is that yeah. kind of thing yeah oh, wow. yeah the volunteers basically sign up on a calendar mm-hmm. and they like commit to being on call that day mm-hmm. if they're not prenatally already matched with someone that's just amazing. There's these programs that are going on in our city that you have no clue right. about. Like, totally. We yeah. could spend the whole hour talking about, I mean, uh-huh. it's funny. I'm like giving the background and it's like, here's this other huge. Uh-huh. Anyways, it's How a really start? amazing. How did this gals thing start? Yeah. It, um, basically there was a group, I think, gosh, I should know this. I do know this. There was a group of women. One of them was a nurse at Brackenridge mm-hmm. and was seeing women birthing alone it kind of came about with this group of women that um, were seeing that and then started it and saw a need. Yeah. And yeah. And supported did, it. Yeah. And did it. Yeah. Cause you guys do fundraisers and stuff we like that. We do fundraisers okay. and we've just celebrated 10 years um, mm-hmm. this year. And I've been involved in different capacities um, through the years, but yeah, That's it's cool. a really amazing yeah. nonprofit. I love that. How people see, see a problem and then kind of like come together and, yeah. Provide a solution or a, a you know, a start of a solution. Yeah. Totally. And it cool. really was this like powerful group of women who kind of launched it all mm-hmm. anyways, which I love. And yeah, that's cool. When you attend births, are you mostly in hospitals or I'm mostly birthing in centers, hospitals. Homes? I'm actually not attending as many births right now. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, you're pregnant yourself. Yeah, I am pregnant. I'm pregnant. very <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. 36 weeks pregnant. Uh-huh. Um, I stopped attending births maybe two years ago. Oh, okay. 
two or two and a half. I still attend, like I probably attend two to three a year, mm-hmm. like a friend mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but normally in the hospital, mm-hmm. some birth center. Um, yeah. What's the dynamic like between you and the mom and the, the practitioner, I, I suppose is it's normally word. pretty good. I mean, there's definitely some practitioners that may be like less open to doulas, but in general, I've always had really good experiences. I mean, you're, everyone really has a different role. And so I feel like everyone's happy to see the mom supported. Um, and everyone really is doing something different. So me being there means the nurse can chart and not worry or, um, you know, we all kind of fulfill our roles and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very, it's normally synergistic and really a good, good thing. So what's the hardest part about it? Well, part of the reason (laughs) that I stopped dueling as much as I was is just the lifestyle of it. Um, being on call, I mean, you're sometimes you're on call for, I mean, if you're taking consistent clients, you're on call all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just, that's really can be stressful and raising little kids and being on call Mm -hmm. and leaving at 2am and not knowing if you'll be back in like 24 hours or not. And just keeping a family running and keeping a family grounded with that kind of lifestyle is a real, real challenge. And so that was part of why. I kind of stopped or slowed down, um, including other work that I started launching. And then it was like, well, I can't just be gone when I have these groups going and things like that. So, right. Yeah. But that definitely that I kind of want to jump back a little bit. Yeah. Here, cause, yeah. uh, uh, cause kind of, you started, uh, it seemed like from your bio to you started kind of along this path. You also received a life coach. I am. I'm a certified yeah, life okay. coach. Because you first were, uh, you had a life coach, and then that kind of inspired you to be a life yeah, coach? Yes. So, so, yeah, let me string together. It was like social worker, doula. Okay. And then there was something, like, missing. Like, there was, like, this heart piece missing. Like, mm-hmm. I love transitioning with clients through pregnancy and all of that. But um, there was, like, this deeper heart level piece that I was missing, And so I started seeing a life coach Mm -hmm. and we started doing, I don't know, we started doing value work and things like that. And through that, it would, there was like all these values that I was sitting on that Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing anything with, or Mm -hmm. I was doing very little. And so what is value work? So really like looking at like what makes you come alive and, um, what nourishes your soul Mm -hmm. and really beginning to name that very specifically for you. Like taking a look at what your own values are that that maybe you aren't sort of like giving attention to. Totally. Well, and you may be giving attention to, and you may not, but just really in general, like what makes you come alive, what nourishes you and kind of naming those and then kind of assessing, well, how much am I living those out? So when I really began to look at that list I was like, wow, I, there was a couple that were really key that I was not doing a lot with. Um, and so that was part of my pull to coaching Hmm. was that I had been really deeply impacted by this coach. And then I also was like, I want to, I want to do this. Like, I like, like I feel this pull part of what came up for me was I have this real strong value of transformation. Mm -hmm. And so I was seeing that in birth and like, that's part of why I love birth and mothering was there's like it's like a time for transformation. Um, 
but I wasn't, there was a deeper heart level that I wanted to really hit on. And so that's when coaching kind of came into the picture and I started getting certified as a coach and mm-hmm. doing more of that and learning more. About How that. did coaching come into the picture? Well, when I started seeing that coach. Right. But like, why did you, why did I why? choose coaching? Yeah. Instead of like, the, you know, cause like, or even like therapy or counseling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, maybe that's the bigger yeah. question is like, why coaching? How did that, like, I don't hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm seeing a life coach, yeah. you know, like how did that concept come into your life yeah. and, and why did you go down that road? So I had thought about becoming, since I have a social work background, a master's in social work, you know, you can get your clinical mm-hmm. license, which would be a counseling. Um, and it's just something about it never took off. And so part of it, I'm trying to think why. So when I began to experience coaching, like how dynamic it was and how empowering it was, was really, I think what pulled me in and also what made me feel like I don't want to, like, I want to bring about people's own power. Like, it's not just about like, okay, you, um, I don't know, not about like fixing, like, okay, you're depressed. We're going to focus on a treatment plan for depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, we're for coaching. We're going to, you know, really focus on like, like I said, the value work, or we're going to focus on, um, these things that felt really dynamic to me. Did it feel like there was a, or or does it feel like maybe there's a, a future looking aspect of it? as opposed to maybe in therapy or counseling, sort of a present focus. Yeah, there's definitely for coaching. There's way more of like, there's actually way more of a present focus and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas therapy not, and of course not all, I mean, this is like a very blanket, but can yeah. be a lot more past focus, mm-hmm. focused and present. And so I do, that was one piece that I really liked about coaching. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's, was part of the pool. And, and I wasn't, you know, initially I dipped my toe. There was like a certification program that was six sessions initially. And I kind of dipped my toe in the first session. And I was like, I I don't know what it was. I just came home and I remember being like this, like, this is it. Mm. I want like this. I was made to do this. I want to do this. Just felt right. Yeah. It felt super right. That's really cool. When you try something out and you feel that click, that connection. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And coaching, like they call it resonance. Like you find this place where something just resonates so deeply. That resonates with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there's a, um, I was having this conversation last week. I was, we were sitting at, uh, my parents' house over Thanksgiving, just mm-hmm. all sitting around playing, playing music. And I was a music major in college. Okay. And, uh, my, my favorite class I ever took was called the physics of sound. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they talk about is that every object in the universe has a natural resonance. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, this table we're sitting around or this mic stand or really anything. And it's a really important thing to understand because in certain cases, like, uh, there was a famous bridge that was built across oh, a river yeah. uh-huh. and that's an object and that has a resonance. Well, they didn't plan that for that, that resonance. And the wind happened to come down this river at a certain speed that matched the bridge's resonance. And when you have that, it's called sympathetic resonance and it will start amplifying it. And that bridge tore itself apart because of this resonance. (laughs) But like literally we all have a resonance. Yeah. But I think sort of spiritually and psychologically we do too. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Does that mean our bridge is going to get torn apart? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure architects plan for that okay, now. Okay, they, okay. they like, what's the, what's the resonance? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so... So uh, started doing coaching. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. And then through that process of training as a coach, these postpartum groups were launched. It mm-hmm. kind of like helped birth these postpartum groups that were already in my heart, but I hadn't... Honestly, I didn't have the courage, I think, to do to do them until I really started pursuing coaching and mm-hmm. learning more about myself. And then that gave you the the confidence and the tools maybe. To... Yeah, it was really interesting. Part of the coaching process for me, like in actually becoming a coach really, I felt like it really launched me as a leader. Like I felt like I just gained more confidence and more clarity about what was in my heart and then more ability to carry that forward. Mm-hmm. And so the groups really came out of that place, the more work I did in coaching and that kind of thing. So yeah, Allison's been learning. My, my wife, Allison works uh, for Nicole. And so it's, uh, she's been learning a whole lot from you. So I think that's been really, and then she teaches me the whole thing she's learning from you. So, <laughs> so you're kind of coach, coach, coaching. It's like coming through. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. It's been great to mm-hmm. have Allison on board. I, um, one of my goals this year was like part of the heart of the groups is like, do it together kind of even in essence. And so Mm -hmm. I, but I've been leading them alone for the past year and a half. Um, We're in the first initial year and a half. And so then Mm -hmm. I'm like, why don't I want a team? Like I want to work with people Mm -hmm. and Allison's just been such a gift. So it's been really great to have her. So how did you go from zero to postpartum group? Like, Like how did I go from nothing to, well, postpartum is kind of a part of like doula work too, right? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, how did I actually logistically start it? Yeah, or you're how sort did of like, hey, I want to do this postpartum thing. Or, you know, it's, it, it, did you did you like start f- making your own format, or was there a format that you were able to kind of borrow and yeah, and work so with? again in the like I think a little bit in the heart of being fascinated with this time period of like pregnancy and birth and postpartum. Mm-hmm. My my postpartum journey was really hard, especially with my first, oh. I, um, just felt like a lot of people weren't talking honestly mm-hmm. about things. And so I would, you know, show up at the park and be like, what do you think about being a new mom? Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone would be like, it's fine. It's great. And I'm like, mm. really? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Is that the way I'm supposed to feel? Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why don't I feel like that? Uh-huh. And who can I talk to about this? And it wasn't, I did, what didn't feel depressed. So I didn't want to go see a therapist mm-hmm. or I was also kind of too proud to go see a therapist at that point. Mm-hmm. But, um, so part of the pull to it was that I was like, moms need a space to come and like really share. And it's not just about like the negative. It's also about like the, like there's so many positives and mm-hmm. there's so many negatives and we need to like join together. Mm-hmm. And so that was initially the impetus for like, launching forward but oh I, was, was like I, I didn't realize you could hear my <laughs> inhale <laughs> well i was gonna say you know that that it um that experience you described of like being in the park and you see some other yeah. new mom and you say how's it going it's fine like do you think that there's a pressure for new moms maybe like for even first time moms especially i don't know but like to 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 sort of have to say that, like to say it's okay, like I'm doing fine, it's not hard, like yeah, I slept absolutely. great last night, my <laughs> oh, baby totally. doesn't Baby's cry. Sleeping great. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah, what is that? I think Why? there's so much pressure. Well, I think 
Well, number one, I think a lot of people are maintaining that. So the more that we all tell each other, like, everything's fine, everything's fine, we're all good. And, you know, I feel like that goes with, like, all kinds of stuff, like mm-hmm. marriage. Oh, this is really easy. Yeah. Right. You know, or whatever. But, like, so I feel like people maintain that lack of vulnerability and being really honest about mm-hmm. where they're struggling. Um, and... Like, I mean, that's not specific to having kids either. I mean, like, I think we <laughs> yeah, all do that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think uh-huh. I, we, I totally think we do too. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure that moms put, and I'm curious for you guys as dads, if you, if you relate to this, but in just like feeling guilty, if they say anything negative and lots of different weird, like I should be grateful or I should love this all the time mm-hmm. or I shouldn't have any needs. I mean, there's just a lot there. There's, I just feel like there's so much pressure that moms put on ourselves. And then we kind of all like, um, keep that pattern going as Mm -hmm. we like, don't talk honestly to one another about it. I think that's huge. I mean, I think that's something too. I mean, I I have five kids and, and like the first, from the first pregnancy to the second, it's like learning something new each time. And like, yeah. I mean, I, I really had no idea like how much hormonal shift was yeah. happening within, I guess it's that, that first three months. Is that, I mean, it's like a huge shift. Again, I'm, I don't have all my science <laughs> correct, so I'll, I'll do more studying. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And if, and yeah. if you don't really, it's like, it's almost helpful just to know like, Oh, actually I'm going, this is actually a biological thing that's happening. It's not just me going crazy. Yes. You know, so I don't, for me, I don't know. I would, I would think that would kind of be a little bit comforting a little bit. Absolutely. So it's like, okay, ah, this is not in my control, but I can kind of maybe talk about this or. Yes. A lot of normalizing, Mm -hmm. um, I think goes on with things like that. Simple as like, okay, you delivered your baby and you went from the highest amount of hormones to the lowest amount you've ever had. Mm -hmm. Does that happen that way? That happens that way. Right after the baby, you go down low. Yeah. (laughs) Once you deliver your placenta, you go from the highest to the lowest. And I mean, talk about, I mean, I know you guys have experienced this, but you do that. And then you also like aren't sleeping and Mm -hmm. you're main, you know, taking care of a new life and, um, so yeah, I think all of that really, yeah, really, there's just a lot of challenges there for sure. Yeah. So how do you structure your postpartum group? Like, and how do you, as far as like a new mom, I know you also do second time moms. We too. just started our first, uh-huh. we did a six week session with second time moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, so partly what I did initially, I don't, I, I kind of don't even remember, but I feel like this curriculum just kind of came forth hmm. of part of my own journey as a mom. Um, partially from my coaching training and then partially from like topics that I thought were pertinent for new moms. And so we meet for two hours for six weeks and it's a closed group. So there's kind of a committed, um, group of women and we really focus on tailoring, um, a space that's super safe, but also really honest and non-judgmental. Like we, I feel like we put a lot of work into intentionally designing the group, Mm -hmm. um, And then each week has a different topic um, that's real nourishing for the mom. And we also do a lot of connection stuff around, um, like I said, there's a lot of highs and lows. So I really wanted to hold both Mm because I feel like that's part of parenting is like, wow, the, the beauty of the high and the challenge of the low, it's, it's very both. And, and so we, we also should do a lot of sharing around that. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, what are you celebrating and where do you need support? And, um, being really honest about that. Do they bring their kids? Yeah, they bring their babies. And most, 
Most of the moms come somewhere between like two weeks to maybe four months at the oldest, but most of them, especially this year have been real young, like two to six weeks old. Wow. Yeah. And we normally do about like six to nine moms somewhere in there. We don't normally go over that. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. So uh, I know that though you guys, uh, focus on like self-care too. And like, what are some of the things that you recommend for moms? To yeah. Do? So yeah, we do a lot on self-care and on, um, a term, I mean, and I don't know where this came from, but on collective care as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot around just learning to nourish yourself. Um, so a couple things that we like to hit on, you know, I think when people think about self-care, they think about, especially for women, they're like, well, I'll go to the spa or right. I'll get a pedicure. Or I'll, I, you know, there's these kind of certain things. One of the things that I like to challenge is like the paradigm of what self-care really is. And so, um, we talk a lot about that, but then we also kind of, a new mom doesn't have, I mean, she's lucky to have like a few minutes you know, to herself. Um, so we talk a lot about breaking it down into smaller practical components, um, and also consistent nourishing. And there's honestly, there's so much because I feel like part of it too is accepting like, Hey, I'm a mom now, especially for new moms. I'm a mom now and I have to be nourished. I can't like just give and give and give right. mm-hmm. because I'm going to burn out. And cause have, there is the, like the temptation to do that because absolutely. you have this life that needs everything. Exactly. Yeah. And they're demanding everything. And if you have, if your self care was poor before, you're just going to keep going until you kind of burn out. So kind of reframing like, okay, you're going to be giving consistently. How are you nourishing yourself? What is your source? What does that look like consistently? How would you expand the definition of self-care and maybe even like, like talk about it outside of like specific postpartum experiences. But yeah. cause I've always felt that way too. Like you hear the word self-care and mm-hmm. you think, well, you know, go out and treat yourself to something, yeah. but that doesn't seem that doesn't, that doesn't it seem like narrow, all of it. Totally. Yeah. Narrow. Yeah. I, I think there's a few unique components. Um, one being that I think it's, I think first learning to read ourselves. So learning like in self-awareness, learning mm. to be like, Oh, I'm angry because I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, like I'm really <laughs> simple. simple. Things, yeah. yeah right. Simple things. Uh-huh. It's so easy to be like, I'm going to keep doing, Oh, what's going on? You know, so learning to slow down, learning to read ourselves mm-hmm. in those, in the groups, it works good because they're learning to read a baby. So we get to talk about like, it's actually treat ourselves like that. Like, can you what apply are you that needing? same attention to yourself? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So learning to read ourselves and then also, um, learning to like what really nourishes you. So it's really different for everyone. Like some people are like, I want to go on a walk. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to, you know, but it, it really can be different and it can be really different moment by moment. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, that's part of it too. Reading ourselves, knowing in the moment what we need, and then also being willing to meet that need with whatever really truly nourishes us. Um, not some like, um, formulaic, like, well, no, then now I go to the spa. Now Mm -hmm. I work out, you know, or something. It's like, actually what I need to do is take my shoes off and walk out in the soil Mm. for a few minutes. (laughs) Like that's going to be really grounding, you know, or something like that. It's really expanding our vision of what self-care is. That's a real thing. I I think I've heard about is women who are pregnant, like feeling some sudden instant need to be in dirt. Really? Interesting. Have you heard this? Or am I just making this up? 
I so, love gardening I think there's and like dirt a name though, for so I'm it. like, yes. <laughs> but like specifically women who are pregnant. Really? Yeah. When she said that, I, I wanted to kind of take my shoes off. It sounded outside. nice, yeah. It does, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have heard certain, I mean, I've heard a lot of You heard something like that? Yeah, I think like even eating dirt and stuff like that. I've heard that too. I mean, like, yeah. like pika or pika, I don't know how to say it. Like when you're craving like uh-huh. non-nutrient, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to eat dirt or clay or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought of. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, as far as, uh, uh, I don't know if I, I'd like to, like, uh, how has, uh, how do you feel like, like even motherhood has changed today versus mm-hmm. kind of like where motherhood is kind of, uh, cause I, I, I'm going to kind of make a stretch here just like, uh, cause I, I, I feel like, you know, if we look, you know, a hundred, two thousand, two thousand years ago, you know, more family and tribal units and, uh, 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 you know, the birth, even the birthing process, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, men weren't even a part of the birthing process at all until maybe yeah. even 30, 40 years ago. And then men kind of coming into the birthing process are wanting to be, are kind of asked to be more a part of that or wanting to be more a part of that, yeah. how, however that works. Um, it just seems like there's a lot over the last 30, 40 years or 50 years has changed. Mm-hmm. And maybe even like, has, have you seen like people's understanding of birth too, when they have their first baby going, I didn't know about this or mm. nobody told me and I, I'd be interested. I know I just asked you a long, lots of questions there, but yeah. no, <laughs> there's so one. much there. Yeah. I was going to uh. say there's so much there. Um, okay. Let me start with, I'll, okay. I'll, <laughs> like so many good things. Uh. I will start with, you know, what's funny. My dad actually has talked to me the most out of anybody hmm. about, um, how different we do it in our culture over other tribal cultures. He was even just telling me a couple months. And so I don't have all the facts. Like I haven't studied a ton of that, Mm -hmm. but he will often tell me he was reading something the other day about, um, like what cruel, what cruelty it was to a mom or a parent to basically leave them by themselves. Like, like, okay, one parent, one kid, without family and without tr- their tribe and without these elder, you know, like mm-hmm. anyways, just how intense that was and how, and so I do think there's a big isolation piece. I feel like I see that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's partially why it was like groups and developing connections and developing your tribe. Um, because I feel like we really need each other and yet we're super isolated and in some ways maybe more than ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's something that I'm really drawn to. Um, and, but I also hear somewhat of what you're saying as far as like positives developing amongst like, okay, partners being involved. I mean, Mm. my husband has a card from his dad. Basically that was like, when you were born, I remember when they held you up in the window Uh and I was like, wait, he wasn't in there. Like when I read that, I Uh was shocked. Uh, Like, wait a second wasn't in the birthing room with you, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so it does seem like there's a lot more involvement and ability for, you know, partners to be there and things like that, which I think is such a beautiful, um, thing and lots of conversations. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the moms in my groups are talking about really powerful conversations with their partners around child rearing and parenting and, um, all of that stuff. So I don't know if that answers. It dips my toe in like some of the stuff you're talking about, but well, it does. I, cause I think that's one thing I'd really, I, 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 I love, I mean, Allison loves being a part of that, what you're doing. And, and I think it's awesome too, because I just, 
you know, just to kind of have an outside perspective of, you know, being able to share like, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. And then you hear somebody else going, Oh, I'm experiencing the same thing or something different. And you're like, and then kind of having that, uh, chance to kind of see and hear, maybe even grab some different things from different people and how you guys facilitate that. I think it's just, uh, number one, I think you don't charge enough, but, (laughs) 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 but also like, I I love like how you have made it so available for people, you know, it's like, but I mean, I, I know how much you put into this and I yeah. how big, how much heart you have into this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so needed. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I mean, I just think Allison too, like, uh, you know, how much, you know, she went through in that, like, you know, like you're saying, like, I'm feeling all these things and I, I can't, I mean, I can't really relate in, in, in that specific way. Yeah. I can be there to help with like, okay, I'll do the dishes or I'll do this or okay. Yeah. But I, I, I don't have any, you know, tangible, like relational aspect to absolutely that part you know so yeah I think there's something really powerful about being and this is part of being a doula and part of having groups I really think and it's funny because I've been feeling this way more in this pregnancy Hmm. in a new way there's something about having like spiritual nurturing and spiritual women Mm -hmm. around you like whether that be mothers in the same stage or like a mentor type or Mm -hmm. like a spiritual type mother there's just something it's really a time for um, like a woman to be nurtured. And so I think there's just something really yeah. powerful about that. And in my, in our first second time moms group, one of the moms said something about the collective nod <laughs> and how after our first group, she went home and she was imagining like something difficult and seeing the whole group nodding, like in, in really just normalizing it and mm. going like, yep, I totally relate. I totally relate. And I just love that. It kind of reminds me of what you're saying That's where cool. there's this like normalizing and connection mm. amongst um, the women that really is really powerful and really just really supportive. So yeah. just to know that you're not alone. Yeah. 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 Goes a long way. Mm hmm. I might use that in other experiences. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I'm having a hard time, like just imagine what? my yeah. friends just exactly. like <laughs> nodding me on, encouraging yeah. me. Yeah. I think there's something really big about that. It's so easy to feel. I mean, whether sometimes we're really alone and it's easy to feel like, am I the only one struggling this struggling with this or, um, I think that's so strange, but it's so human. Like we all yeah. think that all the time. Yeah. Am I the only one? Mm-hmm. No, no one is the only one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we all feel it. It's just like it's baked into us. Yeah, I really relate to that. That's a big struggle. And different areas of my life seem to be more vulnerable to that. But parenting is one of them where I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm the only mom who does this. Right. And then I show up and I tell Allison and Chantel, the other leader, and they're like, Nicole, that just happened to me last night too. And I'm (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) So yeah, I think there's so much power in that. So what made you start the second time mom group? Um... Partially curiosity, mm-hmm. <laughs> partially, um, I'm actually going to take it. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to take the group in January after mm-hmm. my baby's born. Second time mom? Oh, well, it's like a subsequent mom group. <laughs> gotcha. So, so it's like first and then exactly the, Greater than first. Yes, greater than first. <laughs> gotcha. And we've all, we've done one. And I also, so part of it too is that I love creating new things in the space. And mm-hmm. so there was something in me too, that had a pull to like, let's create something mm-hmm. new here and like, let's try it out and see what happens. And so when we did it, I was, all of us actually were a little bit blown away mm-hmm. at the depth and 
the difference of need and the different themes that came up. And so, and I don't know if it was in particular, this group of moms, but Mm -hmm. it was just really powerful. And so, um, so that was part of it too, but we're going to have one in January and I'm actually going to be a participant. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) So how different was it? Were the topics that you guys addressed in the two different ones? I mean, was it, was that drastic or were there very similar I mean, I feel like there is definitely a overlap, but like with different themes, like we're talking about their most significant relationship with their partner, but it's really different when you go from like one kid to like now, you know, you're divide and conquer Mm -hmm. and these moms are wrestling with like, I'm not really seeing my partner at all, (laughs) you know, things like there were, so there were like variation. It was like similar stuff, but then Mm -hmm. these these variations, um, yeah, that were coming up as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then also, I mean, I guess some of the things that were different were, you know, missing, um, your firstborn, you know, you had all this time and then missing them and, or processing grief around less time with them, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. So that, that was really unique. Um, and the other thing that I noticed is I feel like moms a couple years in have had a little more time to process and to, um, they're not, they're less like in the like initial anxiety of like, you know, the learning curve of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm learning to feed a baby. I'm learning to not sleep. I'm learning, you know, all these things. Um, so these moms are like a little more, um, able to talk about. I don't know. They're less caught up in the logistics because mm-hmm. they know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there's yeah, a little I, more I can space. A diaper. Exactly. I know like the, when they cry, they're not dying. Exactly. <laughs> I, I've kept a kid alive for <laughs> yeah. some amount of time. So right. I think I can keep yeah. this one alive. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so there's kind of, um, some of that. Okay. So yeah. Cool. What kind of things do you see maybe in first time moms specifically Yeah. outside of the difficulty of of the physical aspect of birthing and taking care of a new kid and changes Mm -hmm. in your relationship. What kind of things do you see them experiencing and struggling with as it relates to the rest of their life? I mean, I think the identity shift is what initially comes to mind, which is partially why I love this time period. Cause I feel like everything changes, you know, and there's Hmm. this big like uproar, And you kind of have the potential to also make different choices and to change. Um, And so I think that's a big piece. What is is that? The identity shift? um, Like stuff around, um, I mean, really it's very whole life, but stuff around work, you know, what they want to do for work, what they're interested in, who they are now. Maybe they were putting a lot of worth in certain things and now they're moms and it's, it's changing, you know, the relationship with their partner and how much they put into that. Like, it feels like it's so, um, unearthing Hmm. in some ways. And, and there's not a lot of space to process it because you're in that learning curve, you know, with a new baby. And, um, but a lot of that, like questions of who they are now and and where does their worth come from now? Um, yeah, that's a really interesting point because so much of our the way that we view ourselves um, and our identity and our self-worth gets attached to the things around us in our life. Mm. And when those things shift around, it can affect the way that you see yourself and have a very like disruptive effect on your psyche. Yeah, absolutely. It's very disruptive. And, and imagine adding to it 
learning something new, like it's just so easy to not feel good. Like most of us are doing things that we're like pretty naturally good at, or we, you know, it's comfortable, but I feel like these moms are being plunged into like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And every day I'm having to sit in that place Mm -hmm. of the discomfort of learning something so new. Yeah. Um, so all of that kind of jumbled together. (laughs) Is there anything you can do to prepare for that? Yeah. I was going to say, I remember (laughs) like when we had our first, they let us stay in that we had a hospital birth and they let it, we were super young. I was 22, I think. And, um, you know, they had to stay in the hospital for two days or three days. Yeah. And then they just sort of kick you out. They just kind of give you, they just hand you your baby. And then they're just like, there's the door. And then you go outside and I'm, I'm like, is, totally. there, is there it's a pamphlet? Is exactly. there, totally. uh-huh. you know, yeah. I had the same feeling. I was just like, yeah. so it's okay if I, I take this home. Is yeah. That cool. You're letting me yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> trying to show a receipt to the uh, guard. Exactly. I don't know. Um, yeah. Are we, are we missing the mark there on like educating people on, on this massive new thing that they're learning that, like you said earlier, is literally like a having effect a generational Mm -hmm, effect mm -hmm. past us into the future of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we are. (laughs) I mean, I think there's way more preparation, like, um, buy all the baby gear, Mm -hmm. you know, like get this stuff, which I mean, again, you need, I'm not Mm -hmm. like downing that, but how do we like emotionally and spiritually support and prepare people? I mean, there's definitely some element of like, you cannot be prepared, which I'm sure you guys feel <laughs> right. that way, you know, oh, right. like, yeah. of course. But, um, it kind of reminds me of birth where it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but put your team in place, mm-hmm. trust your doctor, trust your midwife, have a doula, how, you know, like make sure you and your partner are on the same page, like have all these things in place so that when whatever comes, you're like ready, you know, mm-hmm. and you have, it reminds me a little bit of that. Like, no, know that this is a really significant transition. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> and how do you how do you put things in place to support yourself? And maybe that's part of the conversation is actually acknowledging. I feel like our society misses that. Like this is a huge, huge transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we really hold that space? I mean, honestly, I'm feeling that even with number four. I mean, mm. me and my husband just had a conversation last night where I was having to really acknowledge and we were having to really get on the same page with like, Hey, we're about to transition mm. again. <laughs> like we've done it before, but there's this whole new dynamic and it's not just life as always. And you don't just continue with the same pace and the same things. Yeah. And- Except yeah. another tiny human with you. Exactly. It changes everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of places we're missing the mark in it. Mm. Um, I'm just imagining all the things that we like culturally prepare for so much. Like even just like taking something like the SAT. Yeah. We spend hours and hours and we require that of our young people. Yeah. But we don't require anything of them when it comes time to, for them to have children. To procreate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it just sort of like it happens and you kind of have to deal with it or something like that. Right. (laughs) That's exactly our our approach to it. And I wonder how, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, how could you really how could you come mm-hmm. up with a program that prepares people for that? Because it is so personal and it's mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like, we don't want maybe like government inside of our households telling us what to do, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because it's my family and I have my specific rules and values for my family. And I want to do that that certain way. Yeah, so how do you come up with a program whatever, yeah. that prepares people for that when mm-hmm. it's, 
so deeply personal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a question I wrestle with because there's still things I want to create. And I've, I've done a little bit of thinking around like, yeah, how do you prepare someone that's before they've given birth and before they're in it? Mm -hmm. Because you just don't quite know what's going to be the challenge and you don't, you know, there's, so I have thought some about that in the, in the struggle of like, yeah. you don't want to scare them. Like, well, breastfeeding yeah. may go really bad. And it's like, well, <laughs> right. actually it went totally fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, this might bleed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So how do you, uh, yeah, I think that's a really powerful question. Well, it's, it's also a question. I mean, even for us with our kids, like, like how do we prepare our kids? Mm-hmm. So I think there's some of that too is in, in maybe that also answers that is like as parents, like, you know, here's the life decisions that are going to come before you, you know, it's like, and there's some, there's some deeply biological ones where as you, as, for women specifically, as you hit 30, 35, a lot starts to change for you. Yeah. And I think some simple things like that aren't even being taught. You know, Absolutely. It's like, um, you know, I think that's, they're just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this because it's like, this is something that we've been doing for thousands and ten thousands and hundreds of thousands of yeah. years. Mm-hmm. It seems such like a foreign concept. Yeah. Of, you know, it's like. We de- we've just dealt with it so, so mm-hmm. much differently. It's like we go through these wild shifts mm-hmm. in the way that we deal with it. Like I imagine you were just sort of talking about tribe, tribal yeah. communities and mm-hmm. they dealt with it completely different than we as Westerners dealt with it. 50 years ago when we're literally like putting chloroform on women's mouths and giving them these twilight births. Exactly. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. and, and just like wild, the pendulum swings are just wildly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think, and it kind of hits on the question you asked earlier. I do think there are a lot of people, you know, bringing back, like reconnecting with mm-hmm. different traditions. Like, okay. You know, as simple as like, okay, mother's lion for 40 days and she's nurtured. I mean, that's a very different perspective than, okay, you better get up and back going and doing all your things and, you know, be productive, which can be the message to mom. So I think, I do feel like I'm beginning to see more of that. I've seen more books recently published or things like that where women are talking about, or even postpartum doulas who are doing like, oh, I'm doing Ayurvedic doulaing and we're giving these oil massages that kind of fall in line with kind of older traditions that seem very nurturing and Mm -hmm. very wise in this realm. Cause you also, you also do, you've done some stuff with a birth story kind of Oh yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. That's another one. (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear about this, the, the birth story processing. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. So I, cause it is something that you have to process. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one of my other like fascinations, um, is like, after witnessing birth and experiencing it. And mainly, I mean, speaking of need, seeing a lot of women not have a space to process their births, basically. Um, I've been really drawn to that. And so I've been training and doing some things Mm -hmm. to really support women in that space. Um, and it, it kind of falls in line with what I said about postpartum where I feel like women just don't like often, they're, they don't know where to go, Mm -hmm. um, to get the support they need around their births. And sometimes it's traumatic. And so they need a lot of support and, or sometimes it's just as simple as just like, I need to tell someone in a safe space. That's not going to shut me down or be like, well, at least you have a healthy baby and you're healthy. So basically right because Uh it sounds like complaining or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And At so least, I like that. that's, <laughs> that's like the most common uh-huh, yeah. response I feel like to women. Uh-huh. Um, 
But the truth is, I mean, there's so many women that are so deeply impacted by their birth that really impacts postpartum really. I mean, honestly, I've seen women who've been impacted for years. I mean, that Mm -hmm. are like, okay, let's process this birth from five years ago. Um, and so started training in birth story listening Mm -hmm. and, um, and then in other forms of kind of creating that space for moms to process it. How would somebody know that they, that might be something that would be useful for them? Like to, to process that, like, where is there any like sort of signs, like signs that would, uh, say like, Oh, a red that. flag or something like yeah. that. Yeah. There's really a lot of different varying signs. Okay. I mean, normally if you, if the woman feels a need for mm-hmm. it, you know, like I want to talk this through, mm-hmm. um, all the way to like, I mean, some women can't stop thinking about their births. Mm-hmm. Um, some women want to have another baby, but they don't want to go through birth again because of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other signs like that, that would in- indicate more trauma. Yeah. Um, can be a pull, but in general, I think it really ties in with some of the like spiritual mothering where it's Mm -hmm. like, this is a really spiritual process and it's okay to need to process this really intense experience. And it's such a, you know, it's such a like multi-layered experience, Mm -hmm. um, in your body and, you know, in your mind, like all these layers. And so, um, part of my heart is that moms would know, you know, normalizing like, Hey, let's have spaces to talk about this. Let's have spaces to find. Um, so a lot of that, there'll be a lot, I've seen a lot of women who've like obsessed about it and they can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Can't stop thinking about the outcome, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you find, do you, do you find you also do a little bit of that in your postpartum group too? Or is it kind of, y'all try to keep a little bit more. You know, we have not really, I've had some requests for that. Mm -hmm. And initially in some of my training, they were really like, kind of anti doing it in a group Mm -hmm. partially because of the trauma aspect of not wanting to spread any Uh and it just being a really sensitive, um, topic, Mm -hmm. but I have had a lot of requests for it and I've been reconsidering and kind of consulting one of our leaders as a therapist. So me and her have talked a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think we could do it in a way that would be safe for other moms? And, um, yeah, it seems like you might have to do it where it's just like one a week. Uh-huh. So I imagine there's, there would be some amount of just like other women wanting to come in with their own advice Yeah, absolutely. or even sort of like compete with stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels really delicate. It does yeah. seem delicate. Yeah. I mean, which is definitely in this space. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not uncommon to be like this mom is breastfeeding and it's going great. And then this mom next to her is breastfeeding and her heart is broken because Uh, it's not going great. Mm -hmm. You know? So Mm -hmm. it's, I feel like birth would be similar. Like, Oh, I had this great. I mean, some women are like, I feel so empowered. I had this great birth. And then Mm -hmm. some women are like, you know, really traumatized or really. Um, and so we, I just haven't felt a pull to cross that bridge yet as a group, but I think one-on-one it's really, really important. And, um, yeah, want moms to like have the access to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. I remember uh, um, Allison was talking about a little bit because she did she did a little bit of that training with you. She did, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really uh, um, something that really. Uh, I could just see like how that would be something. Oh, what was I? Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, anyways. Can we go to, can we go to somatic? Yeah. I yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. So, so somatic experience, uh, experiencing. Yeah. Well, I can't say it, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So after I started working with moms in birth, like mm-hmm. birth stories and birth trauma, um, I had heard about somatic experiencing. What I was seeing was that a lot of moms like could tell me the narrative, but some of it was stuck like in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was feeling a little bit stuck with how to move a mom past that if she was feeling it in her body. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm not following. Yeah. Like, let me think of an example or, um, like sometimes, I mean, I feel like birth is just such a whole body experience mm-hmm. that sometimes there's not like words to be like, I mean, like you could, it's just hard to describe, but Hmm. the mom can say like, I remember being pinned down for the C-section. And when I think about that, I start feeling really anxious in my chest. Hmm. And so we could talk about that and we could find some new perspectives or we could, you know, we could do a bunch of different work, Mm -hmm. but there was this deeper body level that like, I felt like intuitively I was like, man, birth is so much in the body and Mm -hmm. it's so primal in some senses that it kind of transcends your mind. Like you can't always be like, well, X, Y, Z. Okay, cool. I feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and so somatic experiencing has a unique, um, tie like to the body and to the nervous system and into times of stress and trauma. Yeah. And so that was why I really felt a pull to begin studying that. And, um, so, so what is it? How okay. do you do it? How do you do it? <laughs> I have not perfected my elevator pitch on oh. it, so I'm hoping. Right. Well, you're on a great program because this is where we start all that stuff. Okay, perfect. I like that. And, and the diving in, right? And we're diving in, and then you can perfect it on down the exactly. road. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my husband asked me, he was telling a neighbor when I was in a training a couple of weeks ago, and he's mm-hmm. like, how do you explain it? And anyways, I was like, I don't know. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog wants attention. <laughs> Jealous. So basically, I mean, like a really simple definition of it mm-hmm. would be, um, you're working with the body and with the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm totally fumbling of my words. Part of it is in times of stress. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all heard about like fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, In times of stress, as humans, we we can override that response. Mm -hmm. And so our nervous system will get stuck in different zones. So a lot of the, like this can happen in childhood. It can happen in birth. You know, it can happen at any point. So part of somatic experiencing is actually bringing people through the full um, cycle of that. So like if we had an event... So for example, with birth, if somebody was pinned down for a C-section, but her, like her nervous system wanted to f- actually fight and she mm-hmm. kind of overrode that and restricted it, then it can get stuck kind of in the body and in the nervous system in weird ways. And so it, it's kind of releasing that within the body, which sounds very mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing it? Is there a physical component to it? Like, there can I mean, be. it sounds like, I feel like I've experienced something like that, like through massage before. Yeah. Like I've experienced a release of things yes. that I didn't know were there. Yeah. Like I, what mm-hmm. they weren't released on a conscious level. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's somatic experience deals a lot more with like explicit, like you're saying, like almost this unconscious level, deeper body thing that sometimes your mind wouldn't be able to. Ex- so we, they talk a lot about it being from like the bottom up versus top down. Right. Um, 
And so what was your question again? <laughs> so you've experienced... Oh, I said, is there a physical component to okay. somatic experience? Sometimes, yes. Like there, there's a lot of body workers who will do it and mm-hmm. who you actually use their hands to do some somatic experiencing. And that's a component that I'm learning. Um, but it can also be through talking and tracking the body and tracking sensations um, and that kind of thing. So, oh, okay. So like if you're, if you're if you maybe laying down or something like that, it's like, when I talk about this, I feel it here in my chest or I feel it in my thighs or my arm or something like that. Yeah. And you'd kind of like, well, why is that? Why are you feeling it there? And yeah. Kind of so we would, that? yeah. So okay. say you're talking about, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw this example of a guy who was almost attacked by a shark. And so he's mm-hmm. describing the story. Um, and the practitioner is slowly connecting him back to now and in his body, what he's sensing. So his, mm. and his body literally would be, you know, it's like, I want to run, you know, or something. And then, and then using the body to actually do what it's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And then letting kind of that complete through your body. Is it, is it about trying to bring the body out of the experience into the now and present? So in that, in that scenario, it's like your body's experiencing a tie back to some place that it was unsafe, but you're here talking about it in a place that's safe. So yes. is it, are you trying to bring the body into the safe place or back into the unsafe place so that they can complete that cycle out of it? You're trying mm. to, whoops, kicking this. You, <laughs> I think it's more the first one where you're trying to like the guy's talking about the shark, but he's here now and mm. the shark's not there. I mean, the shark is not here, but he he's having a reaction as if the shark was here because he's feeling this anxiety in his chest. And then we're going to move through that so that you can be here now in a place of resilience and in a place that's actually really present now Mm -hmm. to what's here. This is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) I I listened to this radio lab podcast one time where they were talking about the way that we experience things physically. And they were, they, they gave this sort of like thought experiment. Like if you imagine you, you come home, you unlock the front door, you open the door and you throw your keys on the thing over here. And then all of a sudden you turn over and you look and there's your wife or husband dead, bloody on the floor in the middle of the room. Like, and if you imagine that going through that, your body will react. You'll gasp, you'll tense up, you'll, you'll have a body reaction to that faster than you'll consciously Mm -hmm. see it it or know it. It's like your body can respond to things faster than our brain can process the information, which is like anecdotally, I know it's true, Mm -hmm. but that's fascinating that there's something going on in us physically that's somehow, I don't know. It's different. Well, it's the same thing with a, a, a friend of mine was just telling me about this yesterday, which is crazy. Like uh, baseball players, when they're at bat, they think they see the ball, but they actually don't. It's physically impossible to see the ball from the pitcher to the the catcher. Because it's too fast? It's too fast. Really? And wow. So, it's, so they never actually see the ball. And, and, and it's, it's like such more of like a body. Like a body memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Again, I have to look that up, but he was telling me we have a, he's pretty reliable. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with true. it for now. <laughs> yeah. See, this would be a thing. You guys can fact check me and make a comment on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder, if, are there like, could I somatic experience something? Like, could you experience somatic experience? I'm, I'm still <laughs> trying to find the way to use that term. 
I'm just interested. I'm like, what's in my body that absolutely mm-hmm. well, and what I, I love... have to know what I have to know, like, Oh, I had this one experience and I need to, no, 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 not at all. Okay. I mean, you can kind of do it with lots of different, th- I mean, like as a person who's in training, we like, we don't dive into like, tell me your deepest trauma. Like we do very simple things like right. tell me, cause you, it, the beautiful thing about it too, is it's really gentle. Like it's, um, it's very much, you tap into a resource. You, so you really like let the person experience positive mm-hmm. and then you kind of naturally bring their nervous system into the difficult thing. And then you kind of pendulate back and forth because it's, it's just a very gentle process that almost feels like you're, it's like, you know, there's a, sometimes people are like, let's get it down and deep and tell me, I'm telling, I'm going to tell you my deepest trauma, mm-hmm. but it's, it's this really beautiful, gentle process And like you said, I mean, I think that really like hits the nail on the head as I began this journey, what I found and what I've begun to see in people, the more work I'm doing in it is that our minds override our body so often and we override even reading ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just see it all the time. Like when I first started, I would be in a practice triad and they would be like, okay, are you good? You know, do you want to move forward? Tell me about this. And I'd be like, yeah, like my, my, my mind could be very like, Hey, I'm going to be charming. And like, yeah, I feel totally great. And then they'd be like, well, notice what you feel in your body. And I'd be like, my body's a brick wall. It doesn't want, like, <laughs> like it literally would be like, it is locked. Stay away. Like it was like, so like anti, and yeah. that's what I've begun to see is that like, you can't get past like, like, it's not going to lie you know, like it, and anyways, I don't know if that ties into what you said, but it's been so fascinating to use the body as a resource Mm -hmm. to see what's really there. Um, so yeah, but yeah, you, you could experience it with someone who can lead you through it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is all new for you, the the somatic. Yeah. I mean, I, so my first coach actually is an SEP, like a Mm -hmm. somatic experiencing practitioner. So we did some, Mm -hmm. um, and that was really powerful. Um, and then I've been in training. I just finished my first year mm-hmm. of training. So I have two more years left and there's wow. three trainings a, y- a year. It's like, it's like every two, three years you, you keep building on. <laughs> kind of launch it. Yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, can we get that? Is it like after each kid you just like, yeah. a, a so, new thing? I don't know. Yeah. I guess I, I think I really like the new, like mm-hmm. always growing and learning and new and I don't know, adding yeah. more fuel to the fire. Have you always been like this? Like high school, middle school? I don't know. From the womb. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing he asked me the other day. Have you always been like this? <laughs> what does that it's mean? somewhat it's curious, the... but it's somewhat accusatory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does go, yeah. That's awesome. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, it's funny. I had a friend who, anyways, I mean, I think I've always been an, a kind of passionate person. Um, I don't know if I would have claimed that now I'm owning it more, mm-hmm. I think. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Could you not own it before? Was that kind of harder? Well, my do? friend that asked me, it was really funny. Cause she's like, would you describe yourself as intense? And I was like, no, I like totally did not fit with that word. Mm-hmm. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I can't believe that I'm denying that. Like, <laughs> like, like uh-huh. of course, That's like awesome. my mind's always going and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. That's so cool. yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited about learning that. And I feel like it's taking my work, um, a lot deeper in some Mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. It sounds like that's going to be super, uh, helpful in birth story processing and postpartum work. Absolutely. Cause a lot of it too is about self-regulating, you know, like really 
getting grounded. And I feel like there's so much of that needed for new moms and, um, and it's so impactful for moms to be grounded and regulated and learn how to regulate themselves because babies co-regulate with you for Mm. the first three years. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of, you know, they're where you are. Yeah, exactly. So if you're kind of going crazy, then, you know, it makes sense that, so that's definitely part of it too, really wanting to impact moms in that way. And then hopefully impact families in that way. That's awesome. So yeah. how's this, uh, how's this, uh, fourth pre- uh, pregnancy different from your others? That is a great question. Or is there anything significant, like different or? Yeah. Different? You know, it, it, yeah, you know, there's definitely been a lot of differences. Um, it, you know, it's been a really good pregnancy. My third one was really hard. Mm-hmm. I think I was just really depleted from having a bunch of little kids and nursing for long periods. And so with my third, I was like, don't ever do this again. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I had some years to pat that, like that went by, I feel like I feel really good and I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of been normal ups and downs, but yeah. it's also been really nice to just be further along in my mothering journey and mm. to be like more gracious with myself, to mm. be more willing to be like, take a nap, you're tired, you know, mm-hmm. or ask for help. Like things that I really struggled with, with my first and second, I feel like it's really nice to, um, I don't know, have more permission to That's take true. care of myself. And I don't, I just didn't really have that before. It helps that I teach it like every week. Yeah. Then I, <laughs> That's one thing right. me and Allison laugh about. It's uh-huh. like, it's totally one of those situations where you're like, you know, you're just like constantly reinforcing. Exactly. The, <laughs> like I'm the person maybe who needs to, like, I obviously need to learn it over uh-huh. and over yeah. and over because yeah. that's what I get to do is like remind myself all these things. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, is there, is, did we miss any of your, uh, your, uh, your long list of, uh, of, uh, accomplishments. And I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Cause I, I've been, really, I've been really impressed. Like just hearing about all, and also you and Bill are just crazy. You are always doing something. And <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love hearing y'all stories. So yeah, he's uh, always has me on adventure, I feel uh, like, which is great. It's yeah. a good, he's an adventurer. He's an adventurer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when, just when I think, gosh, he can't take another risk. It's like, Oh, here's another risk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. Well, how's his journey been in this with you through this? Like, um, as far as like, you know, you've been really involved in in birthing and, and, and also like one reason I asked this question too, is like, I kind of with Allison, when she was doing her doula work, like I'd go and meet with the husband once or twice. That's cool. We called called me the doula man. Really? Doula man. Doula man. (laughs) And it was really fun for That's me. That's amazing. I, I, and it'd be something that would be needed to be developed more. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just really nice to like, you know, me and the guy would go, we'd sit and Alison would do her stuff. And then, and I'd kind of walk it through with her just one or two times. And then me and the guy would go off and then he could like ask me questions. I like maybe like felt insecure to ask his wife or he felt yeah. ashamed or whatever, you totally, know, yeah. and I felt it was really good to be able to just tell him, I was like, no, man, it's all good. You know, it's like, hmm. you know, there's, there's things she's going through right now. And you know, it's like, whether you're even just talking about sex or, or yeah. whatever it is, because you know, the guy, you don't want to say that you're like, you totally. know? <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's good to have like, okay, Hey, here's some things. And you know, you can kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, 
I don't know. I thought that was really That's really powerful. Mm. I mean, that's a whole other business you could start. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, <think, laughs> I don't I, need I'm any more businesses. I'm her business. <laughs> yeah. I can do the one, uh, the one thing. So. Yes. No, I mean, I feel like... And actually, I know that I'm not the host of this podcast, but I'm yeah. like, part of me is like very curious about uh, you guys as dads. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's really missing for dads. And it's something that me mm-hmm. and a lot of like in, the moms in the groups will talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, they really need support, but I, like, where do they get it? And right. who do they talk to? And it's similar to what we said earlier. We're like this collective nod. Mm-hmm. You know, these women are all connecting and going, yes, yes. Oh, me too. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like... There, it's a pretty big gap for dads. Yeah. Um, and so that's something it's been on my radar. Like I've been watching for someone. I'm like, who could do some of this? And there's some out there, but, mm. um, I love that you did that. I think that's super powerful. Yeah, um, I got to do like three or four and I really enjoyed it. Did, wow. the, did the men enjoy it? The they did actually. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, like I, I can talk about any subject and I'm not really, you know, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> so it's like, I would just bring up like my experiences yeah. and then, you know, Hopefully that they like, you know, they kind of opened them up. I didn't want to like make them say anything, you For know, sure. ask me a question that they weren't curious about, yeah. you know? So, but I mean, it is, it's confusing. I mean, you're watching your wife go through this mm-hmm. and all these things are changing and like, you're kind of, okay, a hold. Like I remember the one time uh, I kept kissing Allison on her forehead with our first one. <laughs> At first it was good. It was nice. And at some point it was not nice. It was not okay. <laughs> and Allison was like, stop kissing me which is hilarious because like she never talks to me like that and i was uh-huh. like oh but i remember the nurse or, or birthing person tell us like hey when, as you get into mm-hmm. that transitioning point she can only speak in small sentences mm-hmm. because her attention and everything is f- so focused yeah so if they say something that is you know <laughs> like intense and mean yeah, yeah they're exactly. not trying to be it's like they're not trying to be it's like yeah you need that they need to have that small communication with you and yeah. i remember that and it just clicked with me i was like oh, okay cool babe you know that's like, good it, yeah but it was, that all happened in seconds but i remember that and that was really helpful and so that's one yeah. thing i share with the guys is just like, yeah, because you learned that in the moment mm-hmm but someone someone had told me before, but oh. but it was but it clicked in right whenever that happened, that happened which was yeah. really helpful. So, That's and I also good. think there's a lot of things with starting a business and parenting is <laughs> is also that felt yeah, similar there's, there's a lot parallels. Of similarities really and parallels. Yeah, so. interesting. That's fascinating. Anyway, <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> well, we kind of went all over the place. I here. know that was uh, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys. I think I was like a little bit surprised, like, wow, these guys want to talk about birth and, you know, like, yeah. but uh, I think it's really powerful and so important. And yeah. so I just, it's a real honor to get to talk to you guys about it. And, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to get to yeah be with you guys around it. We're grateful to have the conversation with you. Thanks. Yeah. For... You're doing awesome stuff. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for listening. This is Shores of Ignorance with Nicole McCarran. And I'm Matt McCloskey. Yeah. Is there anything we need to plug? No. No. I don't think so. No, we're not. I feel like there should be. There should be. So we're plugging everything. We have T-shirts, mugs, and <laughs> I don't know, bolo hats. We should have mugs. I'd like to have mugs. <laughs> we should. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. See you next time. All right. Bye.